Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. Sure, I'm glad you did. Man, am I just having a great day? I got to tell you, it's the uh, a good start to the week and whatnot here um, in in our house. Uh, nothing exciting going on. Just uh, getting a lot of stuff done that I I had needed to get done. Little little projects and, and work stuff, and it, I'm just in a good mood. Everything's Knock on wood, working out. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And you know, the uh, the the potential big storm kind of blew on by us this weekend. So that was a good thing. Um, I always, you know, my wife gets makes fun of me about it. She's like, you know, you're obviously not from Florida because you kind of freak out at all these these tropical depressions. She goes, you know, you don't have to worry about that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I worry about it. I worry about. It. But, um, yeah, no big deal, and, and we all moved along with our uh, our day and all as well. Hey, we have a great show today lined up. A very, very cool. I watched this film the other night, and I really, well, last week, I should say, I really, really dig it. It's uh, it's called Eye Without a Face, and it's out now. Um, but we've got the cinematographer on uh, with us. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Tara Violet uh, Niame. I think I... You know, we practiced that beforehand, Tara, and I just messed it up, didn't I? <laughs> Hi. Gosh. You pronounced it correctly. Oh, like, okay. Well, the day's going good. All right. All right. Man. Tara, how are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are um, how's things out west there? Are you, uh, you okay? You... I, you know, I, I don't even know if there's a big wildfire near L.A. I just assume now, you know, because I see it on the news so much. Um, hopefully you're not in the path of one. No, we're safe over here on the west side of Los Angeles. But, yes, there have been some fires, which is pretty unfortunate. It's uh, sadly me. a common thing because it's very dry climate here. Yeah, I'm. Oh man, I'm telling you. I remember. Um, I used to when I got out of college. I went to college in Boston, and I wanted the exact opposite of Boston when I got done. So I moved to San Diego, and um, yeah, the summer people don't realize it gets dry. It's you know kind of a scrub desert uh, environment until you get down to Indeed. the coast and whatnot. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, you know, uh, I, I hope. Uh, anybody out there having difficulties with uh, fire and whatnot, I hope you're okay. Your people are okay. Crazy. Now, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You grew up in kind of a, uh, a, a different uh, household and whatnot. You kind of grew up in the film business, right? Yeah. So um, my parents are in different aspects of the film industry. So Ramini Ami, who I made Eye Without a Face with, um, is an independent filmmaker and was a film teacher when I was a kid and bef- from before I was born for many years. 
My mother, Karen Robson, who had a one-time stint as an actress in a cult classic Australian movie, then became an entertainment lawyer, which she's been doing for a long time. So she's on kind of the business law side of film, and Ramin's the artist. So I grew up uh, around film sets and film conversations with kind of artsy parents from different countries. (laughs) So not only different uh, work stuff, but cultural stuff as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah, my mother is British Australian and Ramin is Iranian. So very, very different cultures. Nice, nice. Well that's that's never a bad thing, you know. There's never that's never a bad thing. I tell you I'm an old man now. Um I wasn't always. I don't know how it happened, but it just did. Um but I'll tell you something I've learned in my time on the planet. You know, I've come across people that are you know, maybe so very set in their ways as far as culture and whatnot goes. And I tell you, there's always a common denominator with folks like that, lack of travel. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you get out and see the world and experience different things, you kind of chill out a little bit, you know? It's, uh, it's a good yes, thing. Yes, exactly. I, I'm very grateful for having grown up in a multicultural family. I feel like it influenced me a lot as a person and as an artist. And it is kind of interesting that my parents, you know, met in New York, which is like a melting pot city of the U.S. Right. And which is where I was born. So. Nice. Nice. Now, let me ask you this. Now, growing up, uh, my my mother was, was – I'm a painter by trade. I'm not in the film business. I paint pictures of people for a living. I've been doing that for 20 years, a long time. Um, but my mother was a professional portrait painter, and my father was a mechanical engineer. And um, it's interesting because, you know, your, your parents kind of, at least mine did, kind of, you know, they, they want you to, at least my parents, they didn't care what I did as long as I was good at it, you know, as long as I did mm-hmm. my best at it. Um, now, in your particular, you know, here you, and, and let's face it, you know, the entertainment world can be kind of weird, you know, it can be a little tricky. Um, you know, there, there's some characters in it, uh, like with anything, I guess. Um, did you, and here your parents are in both different aspects of that. Did they, when you said, hey, I want to start taking pictures and, and filming movies and stuff, were they cool with that? Or did they say, that's great, but you got to go to accounting school too? Or what was the story I there? Think what was that experience they, like? I've been an artist since I was a kid in kind of every medium. Gotcha. I tried everything. I tried to paint uh, when I was little, I wrote poetry, I play guitar. I, I've always been super creative. So I think they knew from the get go that they had an artsy kid <laughs> and that I would always be an artist in one way or another. They were very supportive. My father just sort of instilled in me, um, an understanding that, well, both that the industry is tough, that it will mm. be kind of easier to navigate um, in regards to work and stuff, working in a trade rather than going directly into filmmaking, hence why I chose cinematography, plus I enjoy cinematography, and that if I got a master's, that would benefit me not only for my knowledge as a DP, but would give me the ability to be a teacher, which is kind of a source of income, you know, even if not a huge one, it's something that I can rely on outside of just 
film jobs. And I've always Absolutely. loved teaching. So I've always loved teaching my peers and I've worked with kids. But this having gotten a master's gives me the ability to be a professor in a college. And so that's Absolutely. kind of, you know, they were like, you're going into a difficult pr- profession. If anything, they weren't saying, go do film. They were saying, well, it seems you like film, so I guess you're going to do it. Um, <laughs> here's some advice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and there's nothing wrong with an artsy kid. Ladies and gentlemen, if your child, you know, if it's summertime and they're wearing a black turtleneck, yeah, you got an artsy kid, man. Just go with it. They might buy you a swimming pool someday. So encourage that, you know. You never know. You never know. I hear you, man. I hear you. And, you know, that's smart. They were very smart because, you know, when you do, I tell you a funny story. When I got my MFA, um, I came home to visit. And my father, they lived in central Michigan at the time, and, and he said, hey, he goes, the nearest city was a smaller city, I guess. It's not even really a city, but um, called Saginaw, Michigan. And my dad's like, I know a guy at the courthouse, and, uh, you know, maybe we can get you a job over there doing, being a court drawer, you know, an artist. I'm like, Dad, I, mm-hmm. I didn't bust my tail to, <laughs> to be doing court drawings, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I think he was, that sounds like that was his way of being supportive, you know. Right, Uh, exactly. I have a lot of friends who are artists whose parents aren't artists, and either they were kind of resistant to their kids being artists or don't necessarily know or understand the exact path they took within the medium. But, yeah, I feel very grateful to have grown up with pretty supportive parents who – really um, emphasized education and hard work and strengthening mm. my skills. So not just having an ego thinking I'm so great at what I do, but that I can learn more and gain more experience right. and become better at what I do. Well, exactly. Exactly. And I'll tell you something, and here's a little clue. You know, it's, you know, when when you meet people, especially when you've got some schooling under your belt and uh, somebody, you know, you meet somebody and they mention they have a degree, one of the first things that goes through my head is this person knows how to think, <laughs> you know. Um, not only are they proficient at their, whatever it is they have the degree in, but they know how to think, how to look at situations in different perspectives and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's a big thing um, with an arts degree. It really is. Um, and I, I tell, you know, I used to make, when I was younger, I used to make the joke, oh, yeah, the MFA, my, my MFA is the master's in blanking around. Um, but really, the reality is, is that's not true at all. I, I, I work real hard, as I'm sure you did as well. Um, but, but you become very good at something, and you be, you, you you know how to think, how to look at the world, you know, look at different mm-hmm. situations and whatnot. And I think that's so important no matter what you're doing, you know? And, yeah. But you were really I agree. Good at grad school, <laughs> grad school for me, although I think everyone has their different paths and I know people who are more so self-educated or through experience, but kind mm. of did their own education. Um, 
grad school for me was monumental and vital to my growth as a cinematographer. I feel extremely grateful to have gone to American Film Institute and gotten my MFA in cinematography because it made me grow both on a technical level and experience-wise and helped sort of helped me find my voice and become a better leader mm-hmm. as a director of photography. So I credit a lot of my emerging career of the past couple of years or my growth in my field to my graduate school program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell any of the listeners out there, you know, cause I get a lot of people that listen, uh, you know, they, they, they want to be painters or, or whatnot. I'll tell you something right from the get go that ain't very fun. Um, or it doesn't, won't sound very fun is you got to talk to people like Tara because, she knows how to work with light. And if you're going to be in the, uh, the visual arts, that's a biggie. you got to know <laughs> how to do that. Uh, you know, you're, you're kicking water uphill if you don't. Um, believe me. <laughs> it's but, quite yeah, funny cool, because man. at art school, I was required to take drawing and painting classes, and I was not great at drawing. And my teacher really pressured us to be masters of drawing and was like, you're a photographer. Mm. You should understand light, shadow, and perspective. Why can't you? And I'm like, because this is not my strong field. (laughs) I'm not meant to be an illustrator. I knew that my hand does it. Exactly. So it was quite quite funny. But that's the opposite side. But I do think it is vital to understand light and shadow both sort of in a conceptual way and just like paying attention to it with your eyes, um, mm. whether you're a painter or whether you're making images photographically, you kind of have to train your eyes to see and then kind of you can learn the technical skills of how to portray light. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. 
The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please... Visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com, to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. After that. Absolutely. And light is such a cool thing to, and even with photography, I mean, in photography and cinematography especially, you're painting with light. You're setting a mood. You're doing so, you're telling such a, a story and and feel and, and, and vibe with it. Um, it's incredible. You know, it's incredible. And this film, Eye Without a Face, the cool thing about this I don't want to give anything away because I want people to watch the film, but we will. I'll, I think I can, in broad strokes, say that um, the, basically there's maybe, maybe you can say it more elegantly than me, but it, it's about a guy who's got some issues and whatnot, psychological. Uh, but, you know, he ain't, you know, shit, rubbing peanut butter on his face or anything. He's not like wackadoodle crazy. He's. He doesn't, we can't leave the house, you know, I've known people like that. Um, and he starts getting into some weird stuff, uh, you know, with his computer and hacking and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, uh, using, let me put it this way. I have on my computer right now that I'm looking at, I've got a little piece of tape over the camera <laughs> <laughs> because there's people in the world. Like I understand technology a little bit, but yeah, he um, he does this. But the reason I bring this up, 
and, and stuff happens. And it, it's kind of a, a rear window Hitchcockian, which isn't a word, but uh, people will know what I'm saying. It's just a very cool film. Um, but the reason I bring this up is the light change from the filming of, of the regular sets to the camera shots, uh, the computer shots, I should say, you know, through the computer, I could see that, you know, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool mm-hmm. how that was done, you know, that's, that's, that's an, maybe an aspect other people might not have done, you know, I could see a film being made where like, somebody wouldn't put that thought to it, I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of intention in the lighting, not only in terms of realism, but in, in terms of evoking emotion, so Basically, in this film, you have a hacker who is looking at people through their webcams, and their literal environments that they're in um, Mm -hmm. look very different than his environment because he's an agoraphobic, socially anxious person who doesn't know how to relate to people and hoards items, really has many, many objects in his space kind of overwhelming him. And he's watching people that young women who are kind of in their apartments living their own lives who are have a lot more um you know uh not that they don't have their own issues but healthy living situations and then literally their environments are a lot more put together and nicer and they're more conscious of how they're portrayed to other people how they're portraying themselves, you know, whether it's taking selfies or inviting people over, whereas his place is chaos. So there was an intentional <laughs> visual difference. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And and his environment, like the lighting and such is, is more stylized and moody and harsh. And there, what he's looking at is, is there's still mood, but it's kind of more, it's softer or less mm. uh, dark and eerie, basically, intentionally. Oh, that's cool. It, and it works so well with this. Um, it just fits so perfectly. This is one of those films that – let me ask you this about the film. Um, did you guys film this pre-pandemic or we did. was done we filmed it pre- oh, was done pre-pandemic? We filmed it pre-pandemic, but it, it feels oh. extra relevant now. <laughs> it does. It does because of the isolation aspects and all of this and that. I was just blown away with this. I'm like, man, they captured that. And that's cool to find out that, yeah, you did, but you did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't meant to be set up that have, way. We wouldn't have been able to easily do this during the pandemic because physically I was, first of all, so close to the actors and we were shooting in small spaces and just mm. sort of up in everyone's face. Um, it would have been so much harder to shoot. Like what we were doing, not impossible, but just not very easy. <laughs> it was not shot in a way that that would be you know very easy to do during a pandemic i mean it's almost all interiors with some rare going outside moments right right well it just fits it it picks up on that vibe i i just i I loved it uh and speaking of pandemic i I hope you and your people and everybody you know in in your your circle and tribe uh were okay or okay and, and got through everything okay 
Uh, yeah, we're we're lucky. Um, I say this because I know a lot of people have gotten COVID and there have been so many deaths and it's devastating. We're very lucky, knock on wood, that my family has stayed COVID-free and safe. And we have a lot of doctors in my family, which is very common for Iranians. Um, So they can update us with information or keep us on our toes about being safe, even though some of them are on the East Coast. So, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, it's been a it's been a crazy year. I you know it's it's just been um, mind blowing. And and you're right. I mean it's 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 crazy. I have to limit myself on the news. I mean I want to stay informed. I'm in this weird place where I want to be informed, but then again, I I don't want to start driving myself crazy with it. Um, it's, with with it's the frustration very, of seeing people and whatnot. It's crazy. It's very hard to find a balance. And for me, I'm very political and care about what's going on in the world. And it can be hard to find space to just exist and do other things. But it's necessary to and especially as an artist, whether it's to preoccupy yourself or to absorb yourself in projects um, that could, you know, do good or bring people some joy and beauty that is vital just as mm-hmm. much so as staying informed in a different way. So it's all important, but taking space is uh, important. I mean, there's a term for getting absorbed by reading too much depressing stuff online and it's called doom scrolling. And it is a really? dangerous thing where you're just endlessly scrolling through doom, you know, and can't mm. escape it. Um, it's, it's a common issue especially during this pandemic year so but it it is interesting how this film which was shot before the pandemic but now released you know during all of this is relevant both in terms of isolation and it's about people's relationship with technology often Mm -hmm. the unhealthy dangerous sides not that it's condemning people having phones or using their computers but just about how it can be used or how how people can be addicted to it, et cetera. And that's ever more relevant now where we've been cooped up or, you know, Zooming or FaceTiming exactly. and scrolling through Twitter. And it it's sometimes it's important to take a step back and reflect on how we are using and relating to technology. Absolutely. And be smart about it, man. I remember a couple of years, this was, Many years ago. I can't remember the name of the app. It was when the apps first started rising, um, started hitting the marketplace a lot. You had all these apps. And it was one, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but my friend, friend of mine on social, uh, that I know in real life, and then she lives on the West Coast, I live on the East Coast now, and, and but we're, we're still friends, we stay in touch, and she was like posting this stuff with this app, or the app was posting for her on uh, Facebook, of all things, and it was giving her a location. Well, you're here. Maybe your friends are in a couple blocks. And I'm like, and I called her on the phone. I'll never forget. And I'm like, sweetie, have you not watched a Law & Order episode? You know, um, <laughs> this isn't smart. You know, you don't know. who. This is going out to everybody, you know, see where you're at. And uh, she goes, well, I don't want to live my life sneaking around. I said, well, there's, there's a difference between sneaking around and, and saying, oh, yeah. It's 1.30 in the morning, and I just left this club, and I'm walking down this dark alley. You know, you don't want that information out there. And you got to be smart about it, you know. Um, this film, 
like I said, I, I keep a little piece of table for my camera. Um, not because I think people, I, I feel sorry for anybody who's watching me, <laughs> you know, through my computer. Oh, God, get a dog, get a hobby. It's so boring here. Um, you know, I, I'm not a hot young girl. Uh, the thing is, though, it does bring the light. Uh, people don't realize, I think, um, just how intrusive, and I'm not being wearing a tinfoil hat or anything, folks. I mean, this kind of stuff happens, you know. I, we all saw that it, Wired it article happen. where the hackers. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's be careful, be smart. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm glad this film brings to light that, you know, I don't think that's science fiction. I think people can look at you through your camp, you know, if they know how to do it. There are cases. Uh, I, Ramin was read an article that partially the inspiration for this where um, a girl's computer was hacked and photos of her dressing, et cetera, were, you know, released online um, that she had wow. been taken without her consent and it's because her webcam was hacked. It's unfortunately mm. really easy to do. Um, and I know this from Googling about it when I was like researching for the film about how to film the hacking stuff or the mm. psychology of it, et cetera. It's very easy and it's certainly not a conspiracy theory, unfortunately. I grew up as a teenager on the internet and social media and kind of became desensitized or it was normalized for me the lack of privacy. Like I it just mm. became normal to me that I could be was being surveyed at all times or writing about myself and that strangers could read it because I was a teenager. I felt safe and and naive enough to think, oh, nothing bad will happen to me, um, but also just got really used to being surveyed. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, I'm being surveyed no matter what. You know, my iPhone knows where I am right. or it will record the date. Like, I can't control it. But um, that's not necessarily a good way to be, but it, it's hard to find a balance because we use technology and there's only so much we can do to protect ourselves, but it is good to be conscious. And And now folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. 
It's a destination. MetalBaseMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with their rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, you know, and I tell people all the time, I you know, I don't, I'm, I think I sold an air conditioner one time on Craigslist. I'll tell you, that's very true. I did sell, now that I think about it, we, we bought this house and, and, it had window air conditioning. We had central air put in. And I'm like, well, I'm sick of tripping over this thing in the garage. What do I, uh, you know, in our, our add-on thing. Uh, I'm just going to sell this real quick on Craigslist. And I'll tell you the weird thing is all these people came to buy this air conditioner, people I didn't know. And, you know, we're scoping out the house and stuff and all of our stuff in it. I'm like, well, this wasn't smart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the police station and did the deal there, you know? I mean, come on. Um, yeah, you got to be careful with this stuff, folks. You got to be careful. And, uh, you know, there's there's some weird people. I tell you, there was a news story here. I'm in the uh, greater Fort Lauderdale area up from Miami. It was just a guy, you know, had a karate gym or a taekwondo, whatever, martial arts place. And he had cameras in the place, you know, where the people were changing and stuff. I'm like, come on. What a weirdo. Yeah, you know, that's not. really common. And it's often it's often um just to do with like fears of theft. Like whether it's in right. changing rooms of um 
stores or other things, but it just the amount that we're being surveyed like is bonkers <laughs> at oh, all times, yeah. you know, so people can easily someone who doesn't know how to connect to people and is smart at technology can easily hack into a webcam or you know security cameras or or something and in the case of this movie the protagonist it's like i don't think he realizes that he's doing something wrong you know because right. he's not um you know without me like taking anything away um social situation yeah because he sees himself as looking out for these young people you know like mm-hmm caring about them in ways that it see to him it seems like other people don't care about them you know seeing seeing these young women with romantic partners or whatever that don't treat them well or looking lonely and being like well I'm here for you but it's so much a part right. of also the way in which we project onto strangers whether it's following someone on Instagram or you know looking at them and thinking that we know them that we know who they are what they're going through or why did they share that? How dare they? I didn't think they would. And it's like, we don't know them. <laughs> we do it all the time. Not only hackers oh, with social anxiety do it. No, everybody does. And it's, I imagine, you know, it's weird because I recently, I've kind of pulled back a little bit on social media because I was, and I was talking to my wife about this. She's like, you're not sharing, and I share a lot, but, the thing is, is I, I, I pulled back a little bit, and I'm like, it's just weird. People don't know, need to know what I'm having for breakfast. You know, I mean, I'm just uh, uh, I'm, I'm just getting kind of burned out on it. But I can only imagine, like, someone like yourself or uh, – my wife doesn't even use Facebook anymore. She's like, I'm, I, that's it's too crazy, um, you know, and, and she won't go near Twitter. But I, I imagine, that, you know, an attractive young, young person or whatever, um, guy or girl, doesn't matter, but um, – that happens a lot. Creeps are zoning in on him and stuff. But this guy, even though he, what he was doing was creepy, you're right. He didn't view himself as a creep, you know. He uh, yeah. He definitely thought he had a white hat on. Yeah, and also like in regards to the film, I think it was intentional and complex and stuff to have a morally flawed protagonist who you like don't want to root for but you feel bad for you know also because people are complicated and people have their good and their bad sides and such and so it's kind of like the viewer is like well this is weird but then oh man I feel bad for him but also why is he doing that that's weird but I feel sorry for him, you know, going between those emotions um, rather than he's a weirdo or, um, you know, he's just pathetic or like to, to challenge how people relate to the character. And in, in regards to cinematography, it was very intentional that the way I shot it is very much subjective, like from his point of view. And you have this narrator who may not always be reliable because you're in his mind and he's, like, going through mm-hmm. things. You know, he's freaking out. He's paranoid. He's anxious. He doesn't know what's real and what's not. And so the way I shot it was intending to reflect that. Like, that wasn't really important to Ramin 
was that we're in the mind of the character and we are feeling what he's feeling, like whether you relate to him or not, you can see and understand his emotions and are caught in what may or may not be paranoia that he's going through, uh, which I think makes it much more engaging than if it was kind of at a distance, like, look, this crazy guy, <laughs> you know, right. weird. You wouldn't be able to connect well, he, to the characters. You know, one of the things that I was, that made me think, and this is, I, I, I have a weird definition of uh, film as art. I, I, I like a good film um, that I, that rolls around in my head that sticks with me. And I, I find myself thinking about it, you know, even days sometimes afterwards. And this film definitely did. Um, and, and I was thinking, you know, of course, um, you can't watch this. And, 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 you know, if you've seen Hitchcock's real, real, rear window, um, that's weird, that R&W combination for me. But um, anyway, um, you know, you think about that even, and you're like, well, why was that cool when Jimmy Stewart's looking in people's apartments with binoculars, but it's so different with uh, this guy's doing this with a laptop or a, a PC, you know? Or, yeah, or, it's the same. <laughs> it's, it's exactly really the same. The same. You know, um, not that the story, not that the movies are the same folks. I'm not saying that the the, the morality um, of that aspect is the same. Um, this is a great movie. I'm telling you, if you like uh, thrillers and whatnot, you're gonna want. This is one to watch. This is definitely one to watch. Um, me and my wife eat this kind of stuff up. We we love these kinds of films. Um, and this it, is just a great film. I definitely want people to check it out. Um, no, it's out, right? It is people. It's it's on demand. Yeah, I was sort of anywhere. Yeah, it's out in the U.S. and Canada on major streaming platforms, so you can rent it on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Apple TV, oh. Google Play, basically all the big streaming VOD platforms, and it's on some cable too, like Directv. Uh, but it's basically cool. yeah, it's out everywhere now, and I highly recommend people check it out. I mean, I'm biased because I shot it, but <laughs> I think it's a fun movie. Oh, how cool is this? You, you know, you got a movie out, man. You, you know, you're a young gal. You're doing things. Life is good, you know? Life is good. Yeah, Life it's my like. first feature film, so it's very exciting. Really? This is the first? Because this is my first much? feature as a cinematographer. Wow, it, it, it well, it didn't look like amateurish at all. This looked this was a, a, a movie, you. you know what I mean? I yeah, I I figured there were somebody with a ma- megaphone and the whole back lot at MGM or something, you know. I mean, this this was fantastic. <laughs> this looked like well, a big had, budget film, you know. We had a great so, crew, like even in terms of our composer did all the Saw movies, Charlie Clauser, who's mm-hmm. one of the original members of Nine Inch Nails. So incredible musician who scored our indie oh, movie. <laughs> how cool is that? How cool! Is yeah, that? and he worked on it because he enjoyed the movie. He was like, "I want to, awesome. I want to score this." There you go. See, <laughs> see what I'm saying? This is awesome. Very, very cool. Well, let me ask you this, Tara, because I know, um, you know, we're, we're promoing. We want everybody to check out because it's such a good film. I without a face. And we have, folks, before I even forget, I'm looking at the show page now. We, we have a link to the official I Without a Face webpage. It's very easy to get to, iWithoutAFace.com. 
And um, we also have links to the various social media and whatnot up there as well. Um, and those links, when we convert this to a podcast, follow the podcast. So if you're listening to this on Pandora or Spotify or something, um, you can just click on that and go right to it, uh, which is very, very cool. Um, let me ask you this now. I know we're promoting hard for I Without a Face. Are the gears turning? Do you have any other projects that are coming up that you can tell us about without getting in trouble? Um, because I want to see more of your work. Um, I am going to be shooting some stuff in in the coming months, year, uh, both um, shorts that are sort of the beginnings of slash proof of concepts for features, some That's indie right. projects mm-hmm. by female filmmakers um, that are really, really mm-hmm. cool. One of which the script was on the blacklist last year as like, you know, really? the list of the best unproduced screenplays um, uh, by a first time female filmmaker who I know, and it's a great script. So hopefully the feature will happen. We'll be shooting um, a short that's, very much a part of the feature. And then I shot a documentary short uh, fall of last year, a social justice one that is being expanded into a feature. So I'll be working on that um, once the financing happens. Uh, But yeah, various projects, possibly a music video, different things. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And Tara mentioned uh, before, ladies and gentlemen, she uh, she does dip her toe into the uh, you know political spectrum, into the world we all live in, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, I was just looking at her um, Instagram page. She's got a fantastic post right at the top. Um, for those who watch the news, man, good advice if you want to help in Afghanistan. Uh, bad yes, situation I... over there right now. Get on that. Yeah, I posted some I like some resources of how people can be involved because I have a lot of Afghan friends and being Iranian American, it's like neighbor country. Um, right. And I like to share my pl- use my platform to share information and resources in addition to my art, so that people can you know help people basically. Exactly, exactly. If we all care a little bit. You know, it'll be a better world. So simple to do, you know. Um, it's weird that we even have to say stuff like that. But, yep. uh, yeah, that's great. Compassion that goes great. a long way. Can... Oh, it does. It does. And it's so right in our grasp, you know. Um, it, you know, it's, it's just, I, I don't understand. It's hard for me to understand the the logic of, well, screw that. I'm not doing that climate change i want to burn up you know i mean i don't get it but you know what what can you do bang your head against the wall i'm glad there's people like you tara out there i hope there's more of them and there are the idiots all i'm saying thank you all i'm saying <laughs> my yeah. friends are yeah. the good good people so <laughs> i think they'll do well, some good that's good i i just had a new niece uh, my uh, my sister-in-law and her husband, they just had a baby. And, you know, I was looking at this little baby, little baby holding my finger the other day. We had uh, our first kind of family get-together since the pandemic. And, um, you know, we got all of our shots and all that kind of stuff. And all the baby, that Tdap with the baby stuff and uh, shot and everything. 
But this little baby's holding my finger, and I'm thinking to myself, man, we got to – this is what it is. got to make the world a better place for this little gal. Exactly. You know? Come on. For the babies and the young people who are going to grow up in that, it. That's right. You know, and, that's all I'm saying. You know, if that means putting your, your your soda can in a recycling bin, well, do it, man. You, you know, how hard is that? Being nice to people, you know. Come on, are you kidding me? Anyway, I don't mean to get on the soapbox. Um, I get real passionate about this. I get on the soapbox all the time on social media, so. We're <laughs> <laughs> buddies on Twitter now, so. Uh, you know, I can't wait to be uh, retweeting and sharing. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, well, that's cool, man. You got some stuff in the in the on the stove cooking, and um, but definitely, folks, definitely check this out. If you're into thrillers, this is a cool thriller, man. This is very very cool, and um, this is a good movie night movie, and uh, I know people will dig it. So very very cool, and the lighting's pretty good in it too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but it is. You know. Very cool. And a great cast. Everybody's fantastic in this, you know? So awesome, awesome. Oh my gosh, I just looked at the time. You know, it's so funny when we start this. I'm like, You good for twenty minutes, Tara? Here it's been what, twice that. Uh sorry. <laughs> it's all it's all right. It um, happens. Well, it's easy because you're fascinating to talk to. I could do one of those Joe Rogan three-hour sessions with you. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's, it's cool when the, the guest is cool, and you're definitely cool. So there you go. Thank you. Um, it was great every, talking with you. Yeah, yeah I, and vice versa and whatnot. Hey, everybody, again, the name of the film is I Without a Face, and uh, you're going to want to watch this, and it'll 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 stick with you, man. It'll I, I liked this film, and I liked the ending, too. Um, no hints. <laughs> no hints, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm not that cat. Anybody looking to my show knows that. But um, definitely check this out, and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll thank me when you do. Hey, and as always, remember, folks, we live in an algorithm world, so however you watch uh, an independent film, uh, you like an indie band or whatnot, uh, or just, the, you know, you, you really dig the person who makes the best bread in town. Um, when you like and share their social media, chances are your friends are going to dig it because, you know, they're your friends and similar interests and whatnot. And also, if you watch a film like on Amazon Prime, however you watch it, whatever streaming platform, they all have a place. You don't have to put a doctoral thesis down. A couple sentences, what you dug about the movie, et cetera, you know. And uh, that helps. That tweaks the uh, algorithm a little bit. More people see that. Very important. So, uh, you know, do that. And these independent filmmakers can, you know, keep making cool stuff for us here, you know? It was, Thank uh, you. Oh, yeah, man. I, I don't know if you guys you – know, I mean, you come from an indie film family. I don't know if you guys were aware, you know, during this pandemic – the world was stuck inside and we were all watching stuff like you guys make. And thank you. <laughs> you know, I don't know how they did it in 1918. Didn't have Netflix. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. People had to entertain themselves without movies somehow and shows. But yes, thank goodness for entertainment. It got me 
um, you know, kept me going through the pandemic watching other people's movies when our industry locked down. So, wow, yeah, got to do what we got to do. And That's yeah, fun. I hope people enjoy the movie and definitely say what you like about it and tell your friends and follow the pages, all that jazz. Well, I'm telling you. You did phenomenal. Everybody involved in this did phenomenal. And, and you know, your father as well. Um, buy him a cup of coffee next time you see him. And so there was a guy in Florida who loved it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Will do. Either of you ever get to South Florida, let me know. Coffee's on me. Very, very I'll cool. I'll let you know. Awesome. Thank you. Well, hey, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, this film, or this film, what am I saying? This podcast, or this show will be converted to a podcast. It'll be pushed out on all the various social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen to and, or download podcasts, uh, you'll find us there. We're on like 400 of them. And I didn't even know there was that many podcasting platforms, but apparently there are, and we're on them all. Uh, so, you know, check it out and whatnot. Be sure to check out our uh, our sponsors and advertisers. They're wicked cool. And also use the code. Everybody, you know, has their deal, and, and they, they have a code they, that we run during the commercial. Um, you can save a couple bucks, and with that money, you can go rent a cool movie like I Without a Face, you know? How about that? Um, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us, folks. We will be back again on Wednesday. We've got a returning guest, uh, Miss Sky Delaney. Uh, she's got or Delaney. I'm sorry. There's no N in there. Um, she's got a brand new album out, and uh, you know she's a really uh, heavy duty rocker. A lot of fun whenever she's on. So I can't wait for that. Tune in for that. That'll be on Wednesday. So we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.